and welcome to Just a Thought Podcast, episode 50. I'm Corey Tinkham. Thanks so much for joining me. Is it really possible for people to curse each other? There are many, many religions and various beliefs that say that, yes, indeed, this is possible. Spells and curses are real and are used as a way to enact revenge or a good spell or curse as a way to help someone. Today's topic is curses. Is it real? Is it true? Or is it all a matter of simple belief? Today's topic, curses. Thanks again for joining me on episode 50. And I have to say, I don't know if you can hear it, but there's a crazy windstorm going on right now. I'm actually not even recording in the garage. I'm recording in our dining room because it's so windy. We don't even have power. I'm doing everything off a of battery right now. So pretty strange. I don't know what it is. It seems like every time I go to record, there's some weird weather phenomena happening. Rain or, or now, in this case, wind. So very strange. You may even be able to pick up the howling of the the wind here and there. But anyway, we shall proceed no matter what. (laughs) Now, last week I said I was going to talk a little bit about some ideas for the podcast at the end of the episode, and I neglected to do that because I kind of ran long on that episode and, and it slipped my mind. And so some things I'm considering with the podcast is actually one day, not not terribly too soon in the future, but one day doing a, a subscription portion to the podcast where you'll have, I mean, many, many, many podcasts use this model where you have the, this free episode that you will get every week, but then for, I don't know, three bucks a month or something, five bucks a month, you can get a, a bonus episode and other content, merchandise and things like that. So I'm thinking t-shirts, hats, and all that, which will be available to everyone, of course, but if you are a uh, plus member or whatever it will end up being called, maybe once a month you get a, a free shirt or a pin or what, whatever it is. Just kind of brainstorming ideas for pretty much down the road in the future, maybe six months, even to a year down the road. So considering those ideas, looking for ideas as well. So let me know your thoughts on that. Uh, Podcastjat at gmail.com. I would love to hear your ideas. So on to curses. We're all familiar with curses and hexes or a jinxing someone. All of these things go way, way, way back in history. And as long as humans have been superstitious and spiritual, 
we have pretty much believed in, in a curse in one form or another. It seems to be a pretty, pretty common thing. The question is, is it just a superstition or is there something to it? Are curses real? Is it possible to curse someone or to be cursed? And that's where it becomes very speculative as always. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But curses throughout history are not, it's nothing new it's in pretty much every religion, and the, it's pretty much the same across the board. One might have a curse against someone to enact revenge. You know, if, if someone has, feels slighted by someone else, they may curse them and curse their family. Or people used to often curse objects as well, and that would be used pretty much is a way to for safekeeping. If you had something, if a church, for example, or a religious group or a cult, what have you, had something of value, let's say they had a sacred book, they would say, well, there's a curse on this book, and if you steal this book for the information inside of it, you will become cursed. And so it was a great way, you know, centuries ago when people really believed in curses, it was a great way to to keep an object safe from theft because people would say, well, I can't steal that because I'll be cursed. And it worked, and it was a great, great way to secure items. Now, curses would be put onto various people for various reasons, but you could also employ a shaman or a witch doctor to reverse the curse with another spell that is a reversal spell of sorts, and there are endless supplies of these as well, to counteract the curse, and then the the original curse on you is, is broken, essentially, and is no longer affecting your life. And so it really, really seems like a belief thing happening here again. If you believe in something strong enough, well, it's going to manifest itself for a host of various different reasons, um, mainly I believe, I think, that when you believe so strongly in something, it affects your behavior, and your behavior will definitely affect the outcome of your day-to-day. So if you believe you're cursed and you're walking around on eggshells, you're subconsciously sabotaging yourself, and so the curse appears to be real. And it can be pretty creepy, and there's no shortages of, again, reversal spells and talisman and good luck charms to keep you safe from curses and and it's pretty pretty heavy even in present day there are plenty of people that will um cast a love spell on you online for twenty dollars and you will find your soulmate (laughs) it's out there and people believe it and that's okay Uh, i would love to see some real evidence for the uh, effectiveness of a love spell, for example, um, a good luck charm. I find it fascinating because I believe that people's belief will manifest uh, various outcomes in their lives, as we've discussed before. There are some religions, for example, voodoo, that it can it can become very intense and, and even a little violent with various rituals that take place to um, to curse someone. And voodoo is, a, is an interesting example. It was It's an African religion. 
and it's really popular in Haiti to this day, and everyone knows about the the popularity of voodoo in New Orleans with the voodoo dolls and curses and things. That's not really what the root of voodoo is. Now, there is a a form of black magic oftentimes referred to as voodoo in which there are literally sacrificial animals, bloodletting, things of that nature. Pretty grisly stuff. This isn't the, the goth kid from high school that bought the Wiccan spell book you know, at a local bookstore clearance sale and claims to be a witch. These There are people that are, that are out there doing some really bizarre, dangerous, potentially evil things all in the name of a curse, oftentimes conjuring a spirit or evil entity to do your bidding. And there is always a price for this that you will have to pay back. Nothing is free. Um, and this is the line of thinking in a lot of black magic circles. And again, this is nothing new. Uh, archaeologists have found uh, curses carved into the walls of the great pharaoh's tombs. Um, the Sumerian culture, 6,000 years ago, there's, there's records of curses. And uh, again, religious items and objects that have been cursed. And you know, I don't know if you've heard of the curse of King Tutankhamun's tomb, which was discovered in 1923 by a man named Howard Carter. Uh, and it would have been undisturbed and was still filled with all the treasures and uh, offerings that are typically found at a pharaoh's burial. Um, the problem was, it was thought that entering the tomb and disturbing it would enact a curse that was laid upon it. And over the next several years, a number of Mr. Carter's excavation teams suffered a lot of unfortunate events, including deaths, fires, floods. Um, and a lot of them believe that this was because of the curse around King Tut's tomb. For example, the man who financed the excavation, George Herbert, who is uh, the fifth Earl of Carnarvon, he succumbed to a, this is interesting, he accidentally tore open a mosquito bite while shaving and ended up dying of blood poisoning shortly after. And this was attributed to be part of the curse of King Tut's tomb. Now, Howard Carter, again, the man who headed up the excavation of the, the tomb itself, uh, the archaeologist, he gives a paperweight to his friend named Bruce Ingham. And the paperweight was actually a mummified hand, apparently wearing a bracelet that was supposed to have said had, or had the phrase, Quote, cursed be the man who moves my body. End quote. Now, Mr. Bruce Ingham did not die uh, from the mummy's curse, although his house burned down to the ground after receiving the gift, and when he tried to rebuild it, it washed away in a flood. Curse? Maybe, maybe not. Another victim was a wealthy American financer. Uh, he was in the railroad business. His name was George J. Gould. And he visited the tomb of Tutankhamun in 1923 and became ill immediately afterwards, and he never recovered from his illness, and he died of pneumonia just a few months later. And perhaps probably the most bizarre is that of Hugh Evelyn White. And he was a British archaeologist who visited King Tut's tomb, and it's said that he may have actually helped excavate the site. And after seeing the two dozen deaths 
following the excavators uh, or the excavation of the tomb, by 1924, Mr. White died by suicide. And he left a brief note, allegedly written in his own blood, that said, quote, I have succumbed to a curse which forces me to disappear, end quote. And by this time, he was, I think, it sounds like he was just afraid of this curse, since a little over two dozen fellow excavators had, had perished, assuming, he, Mr. White assumed, because of, of this curse. Now, the thing about this, it's an amazingly entertaining story. There was a lot of unfortunate events that befell many of the people involved, but there were also many people involved that were just fine, visited the tomb, worked on the excavation site, and never, never fell ill uh, or experienced any sort of tragedies and lived on a normal, healthy life. So it makes me wonder if there really was a curse or if there's more of a, a logical explanation, which there very well could be. Very, very popular story, though. As is that of the curse of the Hope Diamond. You may have heard of this. It's, it's a fascinating story. I won't go too in-depth because it's a, there's a long history there. But this curse apparently affected everyone that came in contact or held possession over this beautiful gem. It's a very, very large, big blue diamond and called the Hope Diamond. I think it's about 67 carats. But even the postman, who the postman whose name was James Todd, who delivered the diamond to the Smithsonian when they acquired it, um, after he delivered that package, he suffered a series of terrible, terrible, unfortunate events. His wife passed away. His leg was crushed. His dog was strangled. Um, his house burned down. <laughs> so all these things occurred after he was in possession of the Hope Diamond, even if, even though it was just such a brief period. Uh, you know, he was just delivering the package. Now, a lot of folks say that this is all just people reading into something that isn't there and trying to find and, and make connections with events around the Hope Diamond to support the curse idea. And it very well could be, but there's a lot of weird things that happen to those that... that had possession of or ownership over this diamond. It's really, I'll link to a, a write-up on it in my episode notes. But a lot of these things are simply due to humans being superstitious creatures. It, it, it's really, a lot of that is really what's happening here. And for example, a, lo a lot of what we consider bad luck omens are simply just artifacts from older beliefs that have just kind of morphed over the last that couple thousand years. For example, um, ancient Rome is where we get a lot of our, our sort of superstitious beliefs, one of which is a broken mirror giving you or causing seven years of bad luck. This, is a, this comes from ancient Rome because in ancient Rome, the Romans believed that our, the human soul, our souls, were, would renew every seven years. And they believed that every seven years, any damage that you've done to your soul would disappear or be repaired, and you, you, your, stole, your soul would start anew, if you will. But they also believed that a mirror was a reflection or a way to look into 
your soul. So if you break a mirror, you're, the idea was that you're breaking your soul apart and you would have to go through the seven-year cycle to renew your soul. And until, until your soul is renewed, you would, you would experience misfortune um, until that, that renewal process was complete. And so that's why we say, oh, you break a mirror and you have seven years of bad luck. So there's the actual origin story to that. Now, if you really believe that you're going to have seven years of bad luck, you very well may. <laughs> it's, again, that word, belief, just keeps, keeps popping up, and I don't think it's going anywhere. Now, I was talking earlier about uh, voodoo and various pr- practices and curses that they employ. Well, you've, we've all heard of voodoo dolls and, and how they're used to inflict pain or harm on someone. Well, the ancient Romes had what they called these little little miniature dolls or effigies uh, of their targets. People, they would they would make an effigy of the person they wanted to target and, and put a curse upon. And they would use, sometimes they would use these dolls in coupled with a little curse tablet, uh, which would have, you know, um, I guess the incantation written upon it things of that nature. Uh, but these dolls were not what you think of when you think of, of like a voodoo doll, which is uh, fabric stuffed with the hair of your target uh, sometimes, and, and it's, it's more like a, a, a plush effigy. These were, these, the ancient Romans, Romans used lead or bronze to make their, their dolls with. Um, and the dolls would contain the person's name whom they were trying to curse. Um, and that the arms could be twisted and legs twisted behind the torso. It was oftentimes a, the doll was um, had nails driven into it. The head or feet were backwards. And pretty much your standard voodoo doll torture is what ensued. So that's where that comes from. And, it, and that's and the ancient Romans were, were doing this. And so it's, it's not really anything new. Um, but again, does it work? Maybe. Maybe it does. I wouldn't mess with it personally. <laughs> you know, not my thing. Not going to go there. Not going to chance it. <laughs> but think, just think of all the things we as humans are superstitious about. For example, and some folks in my own family, we're, we're like this. It could be a beautiful day. We may have things that we want to do outside. And you'll, you could say, wow, what a beautiful day. I'm so glad it's not raining. And everyone will hush you. Don't say that. Oh, don't say that. It's as if by saying it, you will manifest rain. And it's a superstition, but I, it comes from somewhere. Maybe it's happened enough times where someone says a phrase and then the opposite or occurs. You know, who, who knows? Um, various things. Don't walk underneath a ladder. It will bring you bad luck. If a black cat crosses your path, it will bring you bad luck. There's so many superstitions that we actually... We abide by even even those even people who say, "Well, I'm not superstitious." Ask them to walk under a ladder. Nine times out of ten, they won't do it because in the back of their mind, it's that whole idea of, "Well, maybe, maybe there's something to this," and and there are curses you can. I saw online when I was looking up uh, information about the practice of voodoo. A majority of sites that I came across were. Voodoo spells that actually work. Voodoo rituals that will bring love. 
voodoo rituals to enact revenge and so on and so on and there was no shortage of these and they are there's these rituals you can perform these incantations and things you can say and uh, the Wiccan religion has very uses a lot of various uh, herbs and things and rituals burying certain items with lavender on a full moon and repeat this phrase etc and it will bring you good luck in love or cause someone to have misfortune there's there's no shortage of these there's also no shortage of reversal spells as i mentioned earlier in the beginning but ones that you can use on yourself if you've believe if you believed you've been cursed or your family has been cursed and it just goes on and on and it's it's pretty powerful stuff if you believe it i mean these are it's nothing to um to take lightly if you look at santeria which is another religion it bars a little bit from uh catholicism but it, it's there's there's bloodletting in this religion to this day santeria there's animal sacrifice uh offered you know offered up to appease the gods or the entities what have you and it can be pretty gruesome and not something i would uh toy with again just because you never know what your brain is doing or let's say that these things are real then you might you might anger an entity or invite something into your life that you would rather not be involved in your life and if it's all in the brain and we're manifesting these things, well then, who knows what are the power of our brain. I just don't think it's something I would mess with. Um, but that's just me. Uh, curses are interesting. There's a lot of symbology involved. Um, the evil eye, various uh, talisman that you can wear that are supposed, supposed to protect you against evil spirits, uh, bad luck. There are various hand symbols and, and gestures that you can make that some cultures consider a curse. Um, we've all heard of how you know a thumbs up in the Western world may be a great thing, and in other world, other cultures, it's something very terrible. So again, it's all about belief and and what what your your beliefs are and what you consider to be real and possible. Curses are interesting. There, there's. I'm gonna link to uh, a list of some more popular um, curses throughout history, similar to the Hope Diamond curse, and you can you can look through those. And it's good food for thought because it it is a little bit weird that so many people are affected by you know one event, whether it's the excavation of a tomb or and you know an object like the Hope Diamond. I find it interesting. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Let me know your thoughts. Podcastjat at gmail.com. That's all I've got for this one. And yeah, stay safe out there. Tune in next week for another brand new episode. And thanks again so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And as always, be well.